Hello and welcome to the latest in Global Custodians as yet unnamed podcast. My name is John Bakey, editor of uh, GlobalCustodian.com and I'm joined today by uh, John Watkins, editor of uh, Global Custodian, uh, staff writer Paul Walsh and uh, interning with us today we have a man who described himself as an American arsehole, uh, Connor Goodry. <laughs> Hello love. <laughs> um, now, John, the name. I believe you had uh, a few suggestions from uh, some listeners, so uh, I'm going to pass on to you. I mean, a few would be a stretch. We had a couple. So uh, we reached out on Twitter to see if anyone had any suggestions for the podcast name. One of the suggestions was from Eric Hazard of uh, Cognito fame, who suggested, and this is a strange one, baby pandas making custody warm and fuzzy. One suggestion. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, this contest is over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also had uh, this was someone actually we spoke to at, an, at the NEMA event last week who came up to me and Paul. In fact, this is a great story actually. So we were talking amongst ourselves, and someone came up to us and said, "Hey, I recognise your your voices. You guys do the global uh, global custodian podcast, right? So yeah, we, we're officially mm-hmm. famous. We're Just on the map. Anyway, so um. He suggested to us the name of Glowpod Castodian. Oh, okay, yeah. So Glowpod Castodian. Yeah, yeah. I think I think maybe like GC Weekly um, <laughs> would be simpler. I like the pandas. Oh, how can we not? How can we not use the pandas? Any other suggestions? Preferably not involving animals. Uh, <laughs> please do email them into us. So yeah, myself and Paul uh, put together a couple of podcasts last week from the NEMA conference, which if you haven't caught up with those, they're still on the GC website. But uh, I think it was uh, a, an entertaining and, and good uh, event last week. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of news coverage uh, also to catch up on, on Global Custodian. Great, thanks for that, John. Now, Paul, uh, I believe you're going to give us a bit of a roundup of all this week's news. Uh, thank you, John. In the news this week, Allianz has selected HSBC to provide custody services in six new Asian markets. Pershing director Mark John has suggested that service costs, having a position of responsibility within the industry, and also a too-big-to-fail tag is currently putting the most pressure on custodian banks. Brown Brothers Harriman has suggested that custodian banks are looking at exit strategies in various markets that they consider to be slightly tenuous. Uh, The chair of ESMA has said that he is hoping for minimal disruption costs from the upcoming securities finance transaction regulations in sort of a direct comparison to the EMEA implementation in February 2014, which he describes as being like the big bang. Thanks, Paul. Now, it's worth mentioning that uh, we're recording this podcast on uh, a pretty momentous day for uh, British politics. It is, of course, the EU referendum. Uh, For those of you who are in the UK, you're probably bored to death of hearing about this, and for those of you outside, you might be in the same position. Um, However, given that it's Brexit Day, uh, I think it's probably quite important that we think about some of the potential impacts maybe that we've already seen and, and some of the possible future impact depending on tomorrow's outcome uh, on, on custodians. Yeah, I feel like there's been a bit of press about mm. the, the Brexit, potential Brexit. Yeah, yeah um, a little bit. Yeah, so we've, we've been covering it um, over the last few months or so on, on GC.com, mostly talking about the potential impacts should we vote for a Brexit. I know a few of us have got our votes in this morning, so uh, don't feel like you need to disclose what you voted for. But 
the consequences of U- U- the UK leaving the EU uh, are well there's some serious consequences should we go uh, in terms of kind of market infrastructure obviously we've been talking for, for years now about regulations should we leave we're suddenly faced with um, the, the task of rewriting regulations gaining equivalents from the EU and things like CCP equivalents between the UK and the US has shown just how much of an arduous task it can be to, to actually gain that equivalence and um, also the CMU projects which have been running through Europe you know it's a huge thing which the UK really wants to be a part of and suddenly there's a, a whole other set of obstacles should we leave the EU now I'm just going to roll through a couple of other points and then I'll let you guys say something as well but also uh yeah, so one point is that there's an unknown in respect of the uh, the treatment of USIT and AIFM funds. Um, under the current regulatory framework, UK-based funds can be distributed, even though there are still some hurdles uh, across Europe. But I think the question uh, comes in that with a Brexit, how smooth the transition would be, um, and whether you know, that period of uncertainty could lead to uh, you know, clients demanding some of those funds shift to either Luxembourg or, or Dublin, let's say. Uh, and, and also, AIFMs would lose passporting rights if UK became a third country, at least until, as we said, there's my granted equivalency. Um, it's also worth mentioning, I suppose, what's the state of, you know, what's the, the st- going to happen in terms of regulation, I suppose, that's recently introduced, um, and more pressingly, perhaps, Regulation that's uh, coming up in the future. Now, Connor, I believe this is something that, that you've looked at. Yeah, from what I've looked at in my research, MIFID is going to stay in act. They're, they're not going to do anything with that. So in terms of other policy and other regulation, I'm not too sure. However, it seems like a lot of the things that are already established now will not change, and they won't get rid of it. They'll probably introduce new regulation, obviously, because there's going to be a huge change leaving the EU. However, MIFID and everything already established is pretty secure. Yeah, that certainly seems to be the impression that, that I've got is that, uh, yeah, anything that's kind of in train already, whether it's partially implemented, yet to be implemented, etc., is probably likely just going to go ahead as usual. I mean, it's expected it's going to take at least two years uh, to disentangle the UK from the EU. Uh, I suppose the bigger question is what happens in the future, and that will really kind of depend on, you know, what deals are arranged, whether... Uh, we see the UK sign up for a similar kind of uh, scheme to what they have in Norway, what they have in Switzerland, where those guys essentially have to take on most of the existing European regulation uh, around financial services. So I think from that perspective, probably we won't see a big change, but then it really all depends on whether uh, a future government, and it seems likely that in in the event of a a Brexit vote we might have another uh, another general election very soon, then the um, you know we'll have to wait and see what a new government would actually be willing to agree and whether it would agree to have all that weight of regulation or whether it would strike a lesser deal with the the rest of the EU member states now moving on Paul uh, I believe uh, well not just you but it certainly seems to be your favourite topic <laughs> been a lot of looking into a lot of stuff going on around blockchain uh, over the past week do you want to yes. maybe summarise a bit of that yep um What's been happening, I think it's um, from Joe McGrath, who's editor of The Trade, who's been attending the MoneyConf conference over in Madrid, 
And he's filed a story which struck me as particularly interesting, suggesting that in the eyes of US regulators, blockchain still poses risks and is still an unknown quantity. And what strikes me as kind of strange about that is that's basically reinforcing the belief about blockchain that for all its press and its coverage, it's still an unknown quantity and people still do not know how this technology will actually be applied. And until we get real life examples and even to when regulators step in, it won't get off the ground any further. It will still be an unknown and it still will sort of, it, it basically won't go anywhere. In my research, in my sort of understanding of blockchain there was two distinct camps there was one that said this technology is going to come in and blow the industry to smithereens and leave behind nothing but chaos and job losses and the polar opposite of that was that people were saying this was all talk and hype and still a completely unknown quantity so this is very much in the sort of anti-blockchain camp and those two camps just don't seem to want to pull together almost. There's an anti-blockchain camp in, there is. in the custody world. There is. Uh, I know, there's I think probably be a referendum on it. <laughs> That's our next referendum. <laughs> I think Once even, Brexit sorted. I think even the people that you say is anti-blockchain, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they still believe in its capabilities. Mm-hmm. I think the scepticism is around how long mm-hmm. it's going to take to actually come to the yes. fore um, and in what form we're actually mm-hmm. going to see it in. That will only change, though, once either the regulators step in or more companies, more, more players in the industry start to use it in real life examples because currently now, for what it's worth, there is not that many actual examples of this technology working. No, no, and we've seen a few, but I mean there are there are more working groups around mm-hmm. it, there are more cases kind of coming into mm-hmm. um, into light every week, so I think uh, there'll be development. I, yeah, I think this is something as well that you're going to see regulators get involved in a lot earlier mm-hmm. tends to be that the industry will innovate, the technology goes out to the market, mm-hmm. And then regulators go, oh, well, hang on, there might be some risks for this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, some crisis comes yeah. up and suddenly it's like, oh, we need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, you know, what, what we're probably going to see with blockchain is that they will come in at a relatively early stage, mm-hmm. unlike with things like algorithmic trading, where really, they've spent, you know, around 10 years not really getting <laughs> hugely involved in that. Um, and until it was realised that actually there could be sort of detrimental impacts on the market, mm-hmm. so I, I think it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what they come out with, what they want to do, whether they're mm-hmm. going to focus on you know reinforcing the idea that principles still apply. Yes. But in the US, of course, there is no uh, don't tend to go for principles based regulation. So will we see some hard and fast rules come relatively early in terms of how you're allowed to deploy this uh, this particular piece of software? Perhaps yeah. also interesting to note that while everybody is continuing to talk about blockchain, other aspects of distributed ledger technology are being developed sort of behind the scenes. And because it's not as um, it hasn't had as much coverage as blockchain, the industry is perhaps ignoring them. Perhaps we should look at other aspects of this technology, which could perhaps be better than blockchain eventually. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for that, uh, everyone. Um, now. I believe in just a week's time, some of the biggest names in custody are going to be uh, getting together and uh, Global Custodian readers can go and hear what they have to say. Is that right, John? That's right. That's right. The biggest event in June um, coming up next week. And, you know, this this has been a hugely popular event so far. We're we're kind of pitching it on the strength of the panel and the, the moderator we've got. The idea was to, to get some of the biggest custodians in Europe together, put them on stage, and get in a buy sider to, to really quiz them on their kind of um, offerings to, to, to their clients and uh, talk about some of the hottest topics in custody right now. So Marcus Reutemann of uh, Schroeder's fame is moderating the podcast. I, the, it's 
moderating the panel but I think by the time the uh, event actually takes place he would have stepped down so you know broke free of all his strings and he can really uh, really really exactly so we're hoping for a really open frank discussion we want it to to set precedent for what's going to be discussed in the industry for for the next six months or so Uh, so we've got representatives from HSBC JP Morgan City Deutsche Bank and Northern Trust all on the panel it's being held at Banking Hall near Bank Station in London 30th of June 4 o'clock registration and we have some spaces left, but it's filling up pretty fast. So okay, well, yeah, make sure you get on the uh, on the GC website and uh, and sign up for today um, if you can. Yeah. Okay. So I had an idea to finish the podcast with uh, mm-hmm. kind of what what are you looking forward to most over the next week? So here are a couple of things that we've got coming up. So we've got the Brexit vote today mm-hmm. for the European Championship quarterfinals. Got some interesting matchups: Italy, Spain, Wales, Northern Ireland, England, Iceland. Sorry so to be pedantic, isn't it? Last of sixteen before the quarterfinal. Thanks, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, either, it's either I said or the readers king off and complain. Okay, sorry. The round of six. They're listeners, Paul. Yes, I thought I'd got away with that one, but I haven't. Sorry. We also got on Monday the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, that's definitely what I'm most looking forward to. Your, your yeah. shout, and then I mean the Brexit vote being over is a, is going to be a close second. Yeah, but mainly so I don't have to hear about it anymore. <laughs> so then also we've got the Global Custodian Leaders event, obviously, and also arriving on your desks imminently is the Global Custodian Summer Magazine. So oh well, actually that's that. my second now. There we go. Okay. Connor, what are you most looking forward to? Rank rank these five events. <laughs> well, well, I mean, obviously, you got to love the Euros, even though the US is in the Copa America, which is really more important. And everyone loves Game of Thrones. How, how are you doing in the Copa America? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me when England loses next week. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very excited for the GC event next week. However, one thing you didn't mention is uh, if, if Britain leaves, or if the UK leaves, I'm looking really forward to that. British pound dropping so I could go to <laughs> Sports Direct with my American Express and buy me a, a new Liverpool kit for the next season and save maybe 20-30 bucks so I'd say that is that is what I am looking forward to most next week I'm so glad we've got an American presence on this podcast now you're really bringing it, bringing it to life kind of yes, we're internationalising for sure absolutely okay. so John what was your it's Game of Thrones Game of Thrones absolutely okay. Paul has to be England versus Iceland because I really do think England will get beat and there'll be an uproar which I'm looking forward to watching okay well, well I, I, I will vote for a mix between the GC leaders event highly anticipated yes. and seeing those summer magazines land on people's desks indeed, indeed. alright well I think that's all we've got time for today so yeah. thanks to everyone and thanks for listening we'll see you next time